put them in the Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden? Excellent! Execute them. Bogus. Tonight, on the Midnight Train Podcast, we discuss medieval torture devices and methods. What was the most gruesome? Which ones took the longest to kill? What was the worst method? So sit back, sharpen your blades because we are about to get medieval on that ass. All aboard. Passengers, if you're new here, welcome to season two, episode 10 of the Midnight Train podcast, where we bring the dark to light to all of our regular listeners. Welcome back from paranormal and pseudoscience to the outright goofy. We are here to go wherever the Midnight Master commands us. We are recording this episode from the Midnight Train Station here in Olmstead Township, Ohio. I am your host and the conductor of the cryptic Jonathan Sayer. And with me, as always, is my dude, the engineer of the underworld, my co-host, Jeff Butchko. How in the hell are you, my friend? Oh, hello. <laughs> I'm still full of turkey and corn and mashed potatoes, and I'm like slowly processing all that. Was that a tryptophan or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man. I, so I had to do two meals because, you know, we did my family's and we did my girlfriend's family's. And so it was like double dosage of that turkey chemical. Nice. And every night this whole vacation, I was in bed, like sound asleep by at least seven thirty, eight o'clock. Like an old man just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so you don't even need like sleeping pills or yeah. anything. Just have some freaking turkey. Yeah. My pajama pants haven't left me in like three days. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So you had a good Thanksgiving. It was good. It was good. Awesome. Awesome. And across from us, of course, the switch man of the superstitious and captain of the quick check, Mr. Riley Sayer. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Got a new mic, so yeah. hopefully the uh, the, the voice sounds better. Who's Mike? Mike? Who's Mike? Yeah, I thought you were with Emily. Yeah. Ooh, Emily. Got to cut that out. Oh, okay. I'll make sure to not do that. Um, so your uh, Thanksgiving was good. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, you went to Meemaw's, right? Meemaw's. Meemaw's. Yeah. I did, did have a Meemaw once, though. Oh, really? Yeah. I had a Meemaw, a Mama. There's Mimi. Yeah. And a Pawpaw. And I, I have several Pawpaws. Yeah, all the, all the grandmas have different names, but every grandpa is Pawpaw or what, some variation henceforth. What was like the signature dish that Mimi is known for that you were Her all excited? Green beans, man. What is with them? Oh, she uses, all right, so it's green beans. Yeah. Bacon grease. Oh, there you go. And, oh, yeah. and I cook everything with bacon grease. Sauteed uh, diced onions in, Ooh. The bacon, in the green beans. Ooh. It's phenomenal. It's my favorite. That's awesome. That sounds good. Did you fall asleep after? No, I went home. I uh, came over here, hung out with him for a little bit, and then went home and played Call of Duty with him until like one in the morning. Oh, to be young again, right? Yeah, right. I couldn't do it. I'd fall asleep. I was like, dragging ass. Yeah, I was. <laughs> he was. Yeah. yeah, he was a uh, sauced. I was just like, yeah, oh yeah. I would, dude. I started drinking at like one thirty, and so at one thirty at night, I was just like, I gotta go to bed. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't shoot anybody. <laughs> My buddy Ryan was playing with us, and he was crying laughing at points because the stuff he was saying i was just nice. not it wasn't good it wasn't good at all and how was yours 
Thanksgiving was good. Um, literally just basic. We got up, went over to, uh, you know, uh, my wife's family's house and ate a bunch and yeah. drank a bunch. Signature dish, dishes over there? Or? Uh, Anything da, da, special? Da, 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 da. I mean, everything was delicious. I mean, like yeah. the, it was probably the moist, mo- hey, for everybody out there that hates that, moist. <laughs> moist. <laughs> okay we just lost like half our <laughs> listeners on that one right there um yeah but like her turkey is like the most delicious moist turkey i've ever had in my life dude and there's no other word i can actually describe it other than moist i got a question for both of you non-dry is that good that's pretty good okay have you ever had a deep fried turkey oh yeah oh yeah is it good i nobody will do it like i want to have one it's so good. bad because i've never tried it well, you it gotta really have you gotta have a, a pretty big size pot that you could deep deep fry it in to get and it high enough oil, for it right? yeah and a peanut oil um they're good um my personal favorite is uh in a crock pot really oh dude you seriously overnight you throw it in you put your stuff in there you make sure you uh put the herbs and spices and butter under the skin oh, yeah. and you whatnot. gotta stuff it yeah <laughs> you, and you put it in there with like whatever you want with it turn it on low Go to bed, wake up the next day, and dude, you have the best turkey. Ooh. My uh, my uncle made smoked turkey. That sounds good. Like, it was like hickory chips, kind of smoked. His first time no, ever. with weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a ganja. All right, yeah, all right, totally all right. high. It was his first time doing it, and uh, it was probably the best turkey I've ever had. Like from now on, I told him I was like, this needs to be at every family get together. I ate probably half nice. of it. It was really good. It's better than smoked ham. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, I always wanted to try the deep fried turkey. And like I said, nobody would do it because I guess it's like 60 bucks just to get the oil. So like not only are you buying, it's like a $200 investment just for a, a meal. Basically. Yeah, but then when you have a, if you have a diesel, you just take that oil and you use it in, right in your diesel. Hey man, does your clock flush? <laughs> so I tell you what, man, um, before we get into it, of course, as we always do, we're going to pop our tops here for everybody and we're going to get started on this. So uh, Jeff, play it up, bruh. good episode guys ah uh, yes we hope everybody out there is having a great tuesday or whatever day you listen to this on uh it comes out on tuesdays but you know that's a good t- a good tune that's like jackson that. five yeah jackson five that was like late jackson that was like five. their last song together yeah. back in the 80s you know yeah. in the video like you know people are ripping each other's hearts yeah, out yeah, and stuff. Yeah. i yeah. bet uh, most people probably don't even remember it's that song gotcha. they're great i love the jackson five yeah yeah abc sorry <laughs> all right so uh let's get spooky on this thing here uh jeff where's the train headed today well we are going to discuss and discover medieval torture devices and we actually have one that we're going to put riley in and see if he survives by the end of the show so stay tuned for that i i don't think that that's a i didn't know about that one yeah jeff is that one of your surprises you just ruined the spoiler in the teaser guys <laughs> i mean geez yes and we're not talking about the medieval times where jim carrey and matthew broderick reenacted the fight scene between <laughs> captain <laughs> james t kirk <laughs> and the gorn yeah <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the time of the Black Plague, knights, castles, damsels in distress, and some really fucked up ways of torturing and or killing killing people. Uh, we're going to discuss and dissect some of the worst of the worst. So I uh, really hope you're not currently eating uh, because some of this shit is just gross. I mean, it's it's pretty messed up. But if you have a weak disposition... I <laughs> 
dare you? <laughs> yeah. If you have a weak disposition, well, you know, sorry, not sorry, because this one, even going through some of the descriptions on these and doing some research, I was kind of like feeling a little queasy. It's, it's not spot. for the squeamish. Definitely not for the squeamish. So if you got kids around or whatever, this one might be one you might not want to let them listen to. Uh, I mean, turn it up. Let them learn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's definitely a learning experience. Hey, so, before we get started, real quick, yeah. have you guys ever been to the actual like medieval times, like uh, the dinner and show there used to be one in lorraine didn't they there's kind of a long running joke when we were on tour so we went everywhere in the united states back in uh, blackout superstar and john can contest to this and every time every city we got to i'd always try and find a medieval times and we never found one we were never like yeah but we were always looking for one yeah so i've never been there i know people that have and they said it's awesome yeah like the food and everything there is just great i just want to get picked to duel like how how amazing would that be you just go out there and kick the shit out of somebody (laughs) Right? With like medieval chainmail and I pull out a lightsaber. It doesn't work. It does. Oh. Have you ever been there? No. Then how do you know? That's true. All right. So uh let's just jump right into this thing. All right. Um and again, <laughs> if if you're squeamish, I'm so sorry. Um, first off, we have the brazen bull. This atrocity was a full sized, hollowed out model of a bull made completely out of bronze. It had a door on the side to shove the poor bastards into it with a horn type apparatus inside that turned the screams of the victims into the bellows of a pissed off bull. They would throw the accused inside naked and then light a fire underneath. It would heat up and the extreme heat inside would bake the person inside of it. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, you can see Riley actually has a picture of it. And you can look online for these pictures and stuff, too. Oh, my God. That's basically what they did right there. Um, it was created by Perillus of Athens and presented to Phalaris, tyrant of Akragaz. I'm hoping, probably not even saying that right. They got the smoke coming out of the bull's yeah, nose, so yeah. it looks like he's breathing. Well, that's part of this whole thing. <laughs> so, Phalaris loved the idea and even told Perillos to design it where the smoke from the burning flesh of the victims would roll out of the nose of the beast, like you see in that picture. That's amazing. It's pretty fucked up. When the door was open, after the sufferer was long dead, their bo- bones were glazing and shiny because of all the intense heat, and the, uh, the, uh, the creepy fuckers made jewelry out of it. So, out of their bones, yeah. The most fucked up part is, yeah, beyond that, is that Perillos, the batshit crazy sadist that built the bull, was hyping it up after it was done and described it to Phalaris, saying, His screams will come to you through the pipes as the tenderest, most pathetic, most melodious of bellowings. Well, apparently Phalaris thought this was too much and told Perillos that he wanted to hear how the horn works, and Phalaris wanted him to show him. So, Perillos crawled up inside and started to yell to demonstrate the horn of the bull. Upset with how Perillos had described the screams uh, initially, Phalaris had his men lock the door of the bull and light a fire underneath it. Right. Oh, boy. <laughs> the, the, the way that uh, Sato McGillicuddy talked about the thing was too much, um, but this, of course, you know, this this was fucking cool. This is all right. And, uh, and not only that, but it was the reason it was fucking created. You know, but th- that was acceptable, you know, to torture people. But he just didn't like the way the guy talked. Yeah. But he didn't let Perillos die in there. No, that would have been wrong. Instead, Phalaris had him walked up to the top of a mountain, still fucked up and burned from the bull bong, and had him thrown off of the top of the mountain. Oh, what a nice guy. Did he say this is Sparta? <laughs> Kick him. This is Sparta! <laughs> uh, that I don't know. I didn't see that. But uh, yeah, think about that, dude. Like, it's literally a big bronze bull that you get inside of and they bake you to death that's that's crazy yeah like who who thinks of something like that you know some really fucked up people yeah like 
that guy must have had a shitty childhood, right? Well, you know what's funny about that? So you say, uh, you talk about childhood. So, you know, I always think like when I was a kid growing up, knights and like the medieval times, like you know, the actual medieval era. I got to start saying that so people don't go, oh, you mean the restaurant? No, yeah. the medieval era was like, you know, full of glamour and like, oh man, that'd have been cool. I should have been born back then and been a knight. Yeah, you think of Knights of the Round and like right. rights a lot. It, it, and exactly, all that stuff, yeah. you know? And like even the peasants, yes, oh, you know, they all get along and they worship the queen and the king and oh, everything's great. No. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was fucked up. So next up, we have the breaking wheel, also known as the execution wheel or a Catherine wheel. This was a hit with all of the medieval kids on Christmas. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, but, you know, back then, who fucking knows? Uh, this infernal tool of hell was, as its name suggests, a wheel. Normally, it was just a typical wooden carriage wheel. Uh, sounds harmless, right? right. Um, sure. Right. Sure does. First, the convicted would be taken out to a public platform. Yep. You can watch what was about to go down. Netflix, my ass. You don't need that if there's going to be a, a killing. That was big back in the day, too. Like, all the public executions, the stonings, oh, yeah. the hangings, and all that. So, like, people just... That was, like, their jam. Instead of going to, like, a Friday night movie, they went to the execution. Public executions were happening for a, a long time. I mean, is as close back as shit. I'm going to say, like, maybe 50, 60 years ago. Yeah. I'm going to say the millennials ruined that, by the way. Because it's too offensive and graphic and everybody's got feelings the zoomers is that i believe they're they're called yeah. now is that the new word for is it is it or no that's the zennials zennials yeah i don't know what it's, it's all freaking stupid so anyway you can actually watch this so next they would be go ahead rather you had uh yeah info. Uh, august 14th 1936 was the last public execution in america look at that 19 freaking 36 how was he executed uh well he was hung publicly in, wait, 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 in kentucky but how was he executed No, no, no. You said he was. That home. was pretty good. Yeah, I missed my drum roll yeah, sound, but yeah. damn it. <laughs> Where yet, Jeff? No, I'm paying attention. So next, they would be placed and tied to the ground at this point on top of the wheel, and the executioner would take. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, down on top of the wheel yet, and the executioner would take the wheel and start breaking the person's arms and legs. You know, not to kill them or anything, but to mutilate their body. Did they do this in Braveheart? To William Wallace. That was the rack. Wasn't it I thought. one of them? I thought, or was the rack? That was oh, the rack. Okay. I thought, wasn't that what it was? Where they put him on the, the stretch rack? And, and so this is a little different. This is like a wheel so, of fortune, right? So, so basically, you see him right there. <laughs> if you look in this vowels. picture, they they lay him on, and then they just well, at first they just take the wheel and they break all their bones, like they take it like this. Okay, so after their bodies were mangled by the wheel, they would then be placed upon a different wheel by braiding their broken limbs through the spokes. Jesus, just like that picture you see right there. And again, folks, you can look online and see these. And uh, actually, I'll put up some of these pictures too on our uh, on our website yeah, for this yeah. one. Um, it was then placed on a pole sideways, so it would spin and was erected up into the air. The executioner would. That's what she said. <laughs> nice. The executioner would then either decapitate or strangle them to death with a garrote. If you're not familiar with a garrote, it's essentially a piece of wire or rope tied to a stick or piece of wood on each end. You would then wrap it around a person's throat and use the handles to tighten the rope and strangle the victim. How's that for mental picture? Yeah. yeah. Lastly, they would leave the person on the wheel, still out in public, just hanging out like some fucked up pinwheel scare corpse, where the birds and other animals could have a snacky snack. Mm, oh, tasty. Vultures. There is good news, though. If you happen to survive this whole ordeal, or if you happen to, you know, fall off of the wheel during the procedure, they would consider it an act of God, and you were set free. Aww, but I'm going yeah. to assume that that probably never happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the breaking wheel. Sounds fun, doesn't it, folks? 
That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So next up, probably one of my favorites, is the Iron Maiden. Yeah. No, not the band, silly gooses. This torture device was called a, it was like, is, is a tall sarcophagus, large enough to hold a person with two hinged doors on the front with spikes protruding through the doors. And it was made of metal. Metal! <laughs> the spikes weren't too long and were designed and positioned as to not cause instant death. They were spread out so they would puncture organs, and the hapless fucker that had the displeasure of rocking this horror coffin would eventually bleed out. There were spikes placed where the eyes, genitals, and other main organs would be. Yeah, because you don't want to forget the genitals. Right. I mean, out of all the torturing you could do. Right. I mean, you got to get to the twig right. berries, right? Right. Yeah, always. A fun little fact is that there really is no proof that the Iron Maiden... was ever used in medieval times. However, there was a ton of literature claiming its use in as early as the 1800s. So, uh, you know, nailed it. Get nice. It? Nailed it. Yeah. Thank you. Shut up, Riley. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, dude, like, uh, I'm sure you've you've all seen that, like, in uh, the episode of, uh, or not the episode, the movie, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Put them in the Iron Maiden. I would say out of all, like, torturing devices, yeah, other than, like, see a, it right there, dude. That's so messed other up. Other than, like, a straight-up guillotine, which is, you know, the, the sword that drops the head into the basket. I would say that this is probably one of the most popularized. You see it in, like, all kinds of movies. You see it in toys and media and games and everything. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty messed up, dude. I mean, if you think about it, because it's not meant to kill you. It's literally meant to torture you. Lead you out. Right. So this thing, you go into it, they close it, and all of these spikes just enter certain but they're strategically placed yeah so it's not like they're you know what i mean it's like there's there's two for your eyes there's one for your your balls you what know if you're mean? like seven feet tall and it misses all the vital organs i don't think people were seven feet tall back then were they they drank a lot of cow's milk maybe oh maybe i don't know if they're healthy healthy boys yeah they're basketball players <laughs> this one this next one is one of my favorites and i say that in the holy shit this sounds absolutely fucking horrible kind of way um i give you the judas cradle and is uh what i can only hope is what is happening to hitler every damn day in hell if <laughs> hell actually exists and in this case i really hope it does anyway the judas cradle was basically a piece of wood shaped like a pyramid with a sharp, uh, sharp point at the top the executioner would make the victim undress tie them up in a way to make sure they couldn't shift their weight, hang them above the point of the pyramid, and then lower them down onto it. Oh, boy. They'd even bind their feet in a way that it would increase the pain if they moved their feet. Lucky. <laughs> I wouldn't say lucky on that one. Mm -hmm. The point would then be inserted into their bum or their hoo-ha, obviously, depending on whether it was a male or female. If you were found guilty of a more serious crime, they would add weights or even put oil on the pyramid to lube that bad boy up. Some criminals would have this done to them for days, where others were just set on it until they died from the excruciating pain. Holy hemorrhoids, Batman. Think about that. Just think about it, folks. If you're out there listening to this right now, you are bound and naked and you are placed on top of a large, I forgot to mention, large wooden pyramid with a point at the top it probably wasn't sanded so it's full of splinters too yeah yeah doesn't hitler already get a pineapple shoved up his ass according to adam day? sandler he does yeah. yeah so i don't know what's worse honestly a pyramid or a pineapple 
Either way, it's going to not feel good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the pyramid thing. And of course, as you pull, uh, Riley pulled up the picture up here, like that's what they did. And if you guys can look up there again, just look for the, the Judas cradle. And it's pretty messed up. And again, though, who thinks up these things? It's a medieval Catholics. sit and spin. Catholics. <laughs> it's a medieval sit and spin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, someone's just sitting around and they're like, you know, we've got to figure out a better way to intimidate our people. What do you think we should do? Oh, let's carve this pyramid <laughs> out of wood. Let's stick it up the ass. And then slide them down it slowly. Oh, Thomas, you're so fucked. <laughs> but I love it. Let's do it. Let's add weights to it so it goes faster. Oh, Thomas, I love you. Oh, oh my wait. God, a chupacabra. <laughs> that got weird. Okay, ladies, this one's for you. Oh, yeah. It's ladies that's right. This one is the pair of anguish. Now, I know it sounds lovely, and uh, this killer dildo was not something you wanted to be any part of. Uh -oh. um, it was used to force confessions from supposed witches and for... Um, other any or any other crimes that um, oh my you know, god look at that thing yeah that ever <laughs> holy movies, shit dude yeah yeah yeah. But, yeah we'll describe it and again if you guys want to wow. look this up it's the pair of anguish <sighs> and um, it, like I said it was used for confessions from supposed or witches and for any other crimes that these you know kind hearted men <laughs> of that time thought they were guilty <laughs> anybody of. that had an idea that was right. different of the norm <laughs> right like farting in public yeah you know yeah. and i'm just kidding but maybe probably i'm sure if a woman farted in public they probably would we should harvest this wheat and make a thing called bread out of it <laughs> get the pear <laughs> yeah. mildred get the pear this damn thing was shaped like a pear go figure it was made of metal and could expand by the help of a connected screw there were barbs at the end, mostly, as well. So, you know, super fancy. The executioner were in, would insert the pair bulbous end first into whatever orifice he thought would be the most fun, and then start <laughs> opening it by cranking the screw. As it opened, it would cause the throat, intestines, or cervix to continuously and painfully expand. God, imagine that down your throat, man. Right, dude, imagine it anywhere. Yeah. The barbs at the end would then start to shred these parts as this motherfucker kept cranking away, opening it more and more. Eventually, he'd get his confession. However, it really didn't matter because although it was meant as a form of torture, the woman usually died from the resulting wounds. Makes you appreciate your gynecologist now, doesn't it, ladies? I just want to point something out real quick. Uh, <clears throat> check out this right here. Mm -hmm. uh, with it opened, uh, for all you out there who don't have access to Google Images right now, uh, with the pair of anguish opened, it looks strikingly similar to the Demogorgon from Stranger Things with its mouth open. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so imagine that in whatever hole. Yeah, that doesn't sound appetizing to me at all. How would you like to be the blacksmith that makes this, oh. right? Like <laughs> He's probably like... Comes in. <laughs> yeah. $20 is $20, right? Yeah, he's like, it's not going to me, right? Okay, I'll make it. Johnson, lay it up here. <laughs> Again, who sits around and thinks of these things? Catholics. Oh, man. You know, like. You think they would be busy with like crops and fields and cattle and like just living, you know, no, life they and were, doing the thing? They were but... busy torturing people. Um, yeah. So this next one coming up is called The Scavenger's Daughter. I'm assuming everyone has heard of The Rack, where they would take the convicted and strap them to a rack and stretch them until they either confessed or their limbs were ripped off of their bodies. You know, so much torture back then, dude. Just so much torture. Yeah. Well, this handy-dandy tool of the Demented worked in the opposite way. It was shaped like an A, mostly, and the person's head would be positioned at the top, hands bound in the middle and legs at the bottom of the A. 
the executioner would then start to compress the person by folding them and bringing their knees to their chest and their heads in the op or in their head in the opposite direction. Eventually, the body would be so compacted that blood would start to pour from their ears, eyes, and mouth. If they decided to keep going, the body would be uh, would be crumpled into an almost ball and the person would die from pain and compression of the organs. Jesus friggin' Christmas, dude. Think Holy about that. Holy Santa Claus shit. Like, have you ever, you ever, you ever play sports or something and someone jumps on top of you and their weight, it just like knocks the wind out of you. Or get like dogpiled. Dogpiled. Yep. And you start yeah. freaking out like, oh my God. Imagine your, your body being contorted in a way that just defiles you. You know what I mean? Like you were just, you're, you're, you're done. You're done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, and there's nothing you can do about it at all. You're like, that's just your body. That's like one of the, it, it reminds me of one of those, um, I forget what exactly they're called. It's like a, a binding clip with a screw. You use it for like, uh, pipes. Yeah. You know, for like copper pipes and like yeah, electrical yeah, yeah. work. Um, I know what you're it's talking about. It's got a metal band and then you tighten the screw and it gets tighter and tighter. tighter. Correct. It's yeah. kind of like that. And what are those? I think they're, I think that's what they're called, right? Like just a metal band, like, like a tightening band. All the guys listening are like, you fucking douchebag. You don't know what it is. <laughs> you don't know what that is. You guys ever hear uh, Chinese water torture? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So apparently that's a medieval thing. Uh, 15th or 16th century is when it was first uh, described by an Italian guy. Did you ever hear of taking Hillary Clinton on a date? A, oh, that's medieval torture. It always goes back to that, doesn't it? Well, I mean, it's one of the most dangerous ways to die, I, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, you 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 accidentally <laughs> kill yourself, and I then mean, no, could you imagine being married to Hillary Clinton? That's the worst torture of them all. Oh man, why? She may be a very nice lady. Look at Bill. Yeah, Bill looks old. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like he's she sucked weathered. his will to will to live. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, so there's a couple other ones I want to talk about here, and they're not actually in the notes. So I'm going to kind of go off the cuff on this one. Oh boy. Yeah. Um. There's uh one called a thumb screw, Riley. If you want to pull that up, I've heard of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, thumb screws represent a very insidious form of torture. Um, you weren't likely to die from it, but uh, they created un oh, <laughs> unendurable boy. agony. Uh, the device consisted of three upright metal bars between which the thumbs were placed. A wooden bar slid down along the metal bars, pressing the thumbs against the bottom. A screw pressed the wood bar downward, crushing the thumbs painfully. The thumb screws were an elaboration of an earlier device known as the Pillywinks, which could crush all ten fingers and resembled a nutcracker. Just, just, you ever smack your finger with a hammer? Oh yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like there's, there's ways of making me talk and just talk about this thing you right here. And I'm, I'm just waiting for like the lights to turn off, the door open and a little tricycle comes in with a puppet on it. He's like, I want to play a game. <laughs> do, 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 do you want to play do, 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 a game? You know, do, do, it's a good torture device when the mafia used it. Cause I've seen the head, the vice, the, the, the head is oh, yeah. used yeah. this before. Joe Pesci. Yeah. To get your, uh, get your shine box. <laughs> <laughs> get your guy? Oh, that's hilarious. Um, okay. So here's another one for all you ladies out there. Oh, God. This one again, kind of goes along with the, uh, the, the other one that we were talking about the pair. Um, this is literally called the breast ripper. <laughs> oh boy. Creative. Yes. So if Riley's pulling that up, uh, torturers seem to reserve uh, special honors or horrors for women. Obviously, like we were just talking about, surprisingly, few torturers had any reservations about torturing women. In fact, women-only tortures often seemed especially cruel and were designed to destroy specific aspects of femininity, special parts. Yeah. So if you're looking at this thing right now, um, <laughs> it's pretty rough. The practice of torturing uh, women here, uh, they might be tied up or paraded through public streets naked. 
you know, they wanted to publicly humiliate him. Shame. Um, Shame. And torturers had a strange fixation on breasts, which were burned, branded, or simply amputated. Worst of all was a device known as the breast ripper. It was a metal claw that pierced the flesh of the breast. The victim was tied to a wall, and then the claw pulled forcibly away, shredding the breast to pieces. It was used as both a method of punishment and interrogation to mark the breasts of an unmarried mothers and mutilate women convicted of heresy, adultery, and a host of other crimes. See, it looks like if you took a pair of like kitchen tongs and then put two V-shaped spikes pointing inward on it. Yeah, and again, you guys can look at Google on there, and uh, I'll have links for all these because that's. I'm thinking we should start a hardcore metal band called Breast Ripper. Yeah. What do you guys think? All right. Oh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Uh, apparently, they heated the tongs too, or of like the, the prongs in it. You want to cauterize? Oh, the, they they the heated it too. Yeah, they heated it like a brand. Uh, and they would go in. Uh, and, and isn't it funny how people convicted of heresy and things of that nature are um, tortured? Isn't that... What do you mean? Like, isn't it weird that, like, you don't believe in our God, so we're going to torture you, which goes directly against our God's beliefs? Um, By the way, I have yeah. breaking news. Oh. <gasps> what happened? Breaking news? Hold on. Okay. Okay, this just in from a one uh, chainsaw posted to the Midnight Train podcast group, which, uh, if you guys are part of the group, you can see. He posted this picture of a creepy doll that is for sale that is supposedly haunted, and there's a huge story behind it. And Chainsaw says this needs to be bought and put in the studio today. 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 <laughs> so. Um, All right. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's got a whole backstory. Got too. the link in there for us? Yep. All right. He, he literally just posted How it. How much they want for? Like $3,300? I don't know. We'll let Chainsaw buy. Hey, Christmas is around the corner, Chainsaw. So let's get on yeah, that. Yeah, Christmas is on the cor- around the corner. Yeah. You bunch of bums. Just kidding. Um. So yeah, we'll definitely have to look into that. Oh, yeah. uh, the next one up here is uh, Riley. Get, good luck with this one. It's called The Heretic's Fork. Kind of like Heretic's Anthem, you know? No. Nah. Five, five, five. Oh, sex, sex, sex. Sorry if you guys are not into... Oh, I typed in the Heretic Anthem on X. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait. He left me a voicemail. Should we play it? Uh, Sure. Oh, hold on. This is a voicemail from Chainsaw. The one and only. You and your in crime, I'm going to kick one of you in the shit. Go to the Midnight Train Podcast Forum. I just posted something that is currently for sale in Chagrin Falls. It's a haunted doll. Go buy it. Go buy it now. You gotta have that in the studio. All right, folks, and this is why I we... just want to ask him: Is he drunk and or high? Yeah, this is why we changed the locks <laughs> on the door. <laughs> Chainsaw, calm down. Too much ca- caffeine, buddy. Now but the yes. door's going to kick open yeah. and there's going to be a big tricycle with Chainsaw <laughs> painted up as Jigsaw like... Dun, 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 Do you dun, guys want to play a game? That'd be the most terrifying thing I can ever think of. Riley, you've played video games for too long. <laughs> now here's a game for you. <laughs> He's right. like stuck to the table. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is called the Heretic's Fork, which Riley has now pulled up. This torture device consisted of a metal piece with two opposed bi-pronged forks attached Ooh. to a belt or strap on one end of the device um one end of the device was pushed under the chin the other to the sternum and the strap was used to secure the victim's neck to the tool while the victim hung from the ceiling or was somehow suspended so that they could not sleep if their heads dropped the prongs would pierce their throat and chest wow 
dude. Wow. <laughs> that's that's probably one of the gnarliest ones so far, I think. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. like, you've got to stay awake this entire time. Like, we're not going to do anything to you. We're not, we're not, we're not hurting you. I, I didn't hit you. <laughs> I'm not hitting you. I'm not hitting you. You made me do this. Right. <laughs> you did this to yourself. Go, go scroll up a little bit, Riley. I want to see the top of his head. Oh, I didn't know if it went all the way through. Okay. No, no. So it like just pokes into your like into your yeah, mouth. But you wouldn't die from that. You would bleed out from that, but you wouldn't die. Imagine the pain. That's the but point. The pain. the pain. Yeah. You that's, can't that's sleep. A, it's definitely a torture technique. Oh, dude, yeah. I would be like badass. I would just stab myself and get out of the chair and just be like, come on, let's go. You know, Yikes. like if it's not really? going to kill you, I mean, this could be pain. Okay. All right. Now I have a question. <laughs> what, what would be worse? Okay. Having this done to you or having bamboo like grow through you like they did? Bamboo. You never heard of that? They would plant a. So they would place you just above a freshly planted bamboo stalk. A bamboo grows really fast. Wouldn't you die before it grew? Like no, it, you? it grows through you, and if they they grow it in certain spots where it'll grow straight up through you and it won't kill you. Yeah, and it would just grow right through your chest. How long does that take? Uh, a couple. They would keep you alive. They would feed you and give you water for however long it took to grow through you. Yeah, maybe that's how Bamboo Man came to be. You know, the Marvel character. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this next one is simply dubbed neck torture. Oh, now, easy, easy enough, huh? Yeah. Humiliating and painful, this punishment was something of an endurance test where the victim would be hooked into a neck device, either made of metal or wood, which would uh, which prevented the victim from adjusting into a comfortable position. The cruelty of this punishment lie within the fact that they were unable to lie down, eat, or lower their head for days. So basically what it is, it looks like a dog collar. That was on Saw. But it has spikes yeah, in yeah. it. And the spikes are against your neck. And the second you do anything or sleep, just like the other one, you know, it, they're going to protrude right through your neck. Now, yeah. this one seems like it's a little bit more in, as opposed to these. These I'm looking at the, uh, the, the, the the picture right now. And those are about, I don't know, what do you think? Two inch, three inch long spikes. Those are those are those are eight inches, right? Yeah, Riley, that's, that's, <laughs> that's eight inches. Yep. We could only dream, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> Keep telling yourself that, kid. So anyway, it looks like that you would die from that if it actually went. I think to your you neck. would get to a point of exhaustion where you would almost basically black out, pass out from being fatigued, right? And then you would just kind of lean into one. On, you I know. think that's pretty much it. Oh yeah. Um, Holy. We'll we'll get to that one. In Notice a second. the picture on the left of the guy. Dun 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 dun. Yeah. Is that jigsaw. It looks like him. So Riley just pulled up another one here, and uh, does, does it say what the name of that is? I know what they did with that. Descubre los eleven métodos de tortura. Oh, ooh, hold on. It's descubre los eleven métodos de tortura más sangrenetos de la historia. So. Oh my God! <laughs> Basically. So this one, uh, honestly, I've seen this one before too that Riley just pulled up, and uh, obviously you guys can't see it, but they used to hang a person upside down naked and then they would take a saw a um a, a, what is that it was called it's not a band saw um it's well a, it's a like an old a back saw is that what it's called kind of. the one where it was a two-person saw two person you, saw on the lumber the lumberjacks right. right either side of the tree back and, and so forth. you're upside down they place this on your crotch and then they like taint get they to cut and, forth. and they just cut yeah. you up yeah um this next one is called the lead sprinkler is yeah. that a machine gun? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a machine gun. That's all it is. Yeah. No, this one is uh, It's usually filled with molten lead, tar, oh. boiling water, or boiling oil. It was used to torture victims by dripping the contents onto their stomach or other body parts, like the eyes. That sounds kinky. Yeah. Using this device. Oh, yeah, there it is right there. Using this device, the torturer would proceed to pour <laughs> molten silver 
on the victim's eyes, which resulted in agonizing pain and eventual death. So, Emily, if you're listening, Riley would like a lead sprinkler. Put some uh, candle wax in there. Yeah, see? See? All right, freak. Calm down. <laughs> no, no so God! No, God, please, no! 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 Have you guys ever been to like a, a Catholic mass or like a very like Christian mass. The wand uses the spring of the holy water. Just put Acid. molten lead in that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There it's you the same, go. It's the the same thing. That's yeah. literally what it yeah. is. Um, the most common technique was called the coffin torture back in the Middle Ages. Um, this method involved placing the victim inside a metal cage, roughly the size of the human body, hence the name, so you couldn't oh, really move around. Mad Mardigan from Willow. Right. <laughs> you are great. Hiya. <laughs> <laughs> um, the torturers also forced overweight victims into smaller cages to heighten their discomfort as they hung from a tree or gallows. We should do that nowadays. Right. <laughs> have so many fat people walking around. Right. And oh. uh, generally, they would be left there until the crows came to feed on their remains. So you see this in like every medieval movie. Yeah. Like, like medieval video game. There's yeah. always like people hanging in crates. And I was there's like, that one. There's the Iron Maiden. And then there's the rack that he was talking about yeah. where they stretch you. That Those are like the most popularized... It, as far as media and Hollywood bastardized, you know what I mean. That's those are the ones that are. Yeah, it's it's prominent. Uh, still not something I want to do. It doesn't it's, it, again. No, that is the Mad Mardigan though from Willow. Yeah, it's just so like I don't know how do, how do I phrase basic this? straightforward. It's basic, but it's like so excruciatingly long. Like you're gonna sit there and yeah. just starve, and then you're gonna die, and then you're just gonna be uh, mutilated. Unless you have an engineering background and you get swinging, you get swinging going. To break the rope or whatever the chain that's holding it, you get enough inertia, snap that fucker, you fall, and hopefully the cage breaks as it falls. If it doesn't, then you're kind of screwed. I feel like the the cage is too heavy to get enough inertia. If you're if it's tight around you, you can't move it too much. I feel like you've Surprise. been watching too many movies, Jeffrey. I mean, I could survive <laughs> it if you guys want to try it. You could. We should try that. You want to put one in your backyard here? Yeah, let's try one. Um, can we buy one online? You can be like. You are the greatest swordsman. <laughs> Maybe if we go to pick up that uh, doll, they'll have a uh, a rat or uh, what's it called, a coffin. You know, yeah. I, Chainsaw is really adamant about getting that doll. Yeah, he he left excited. me a voicemail. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's excited. some serious business. There. See, there's another torture device or another torture method that you guys need to look up. It's called a flaming dragon. Isn't so, that a sex position? That's a sex position. Yeah, damn it. I was hoping you get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Come on. You're talking to two, two pros here, right? High fives? High fives? Yeah, yeah, up yeah, top, yeah. Up top. Right. Yep, there. Yeah, that was horrible. Okay. That was the worst time. <laughs> At All least right. we know what a filthy Sanchez is. That's right. Donkey punch, bro. All Even right. Steamer. Last people bottom out there. Alabama hot pocket. Calm down. Houdini. <laughs> I did have people actually go and research what um, what uh, Felch was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry about that, folks. Uh, the next one up here is the tongue terror, and yes, it's pretty much exactly that was what my it nickname is. in high school. Yeah, the tongue, <laughs> not terror, terror. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> looking like an oversized uh, pair of scissors, it could have effortlessly cut the victim's tongue. Their mouth would be forced open with a device uh, called a mouth opener. Well, they're really clever with these, right? And then the iron tongue terror would uncomfortably twitch the Look at that. tongue with its rough rippers. Once a firm hold was maintained, the screw would be firmly tightened and the victim's tongue would roughly be torn out of their mouths. And then you'd run around behind the drywall yelling, Fool! 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 <laughs> oh, so sad. There's so many of these, too. So, do you guys ever hear of uh, 
I think it was over in Vietnam or, or way back in the day in China or whatever. They used to take a, or it could have been in medieval times. And um, we're going to discuss uh, some movies later about some of the greatest torture scenes too. Oh, yeah. um, but they would take a rat and place it on your bare chest. With a box over it? With a box or yeah. a, like a, a bucket or something. A rat? A yes. rat. Okay. And then they would heat it up. Oh, so it has to dig its way to and it would yes. dig its way through your body <laughs> yeah yeah dude. dude that's gnarly yeah that's that's that's, that's just wonderful oh wow. wait a minute that's the next one on there my list go. i didn't even think about it well um, what they so call it rat box it's called rat torture i like rat box better yeah that's my uh, hip-hop group it's one of the most sadistic of all torture techniques it involved having a cage with one open side strapped against the victim's body it would then be filled with large rodents and a heating element which would be placed on the other side of the cage. The rodents' natural instinct led them to flee the intense heat. In order to escape, they would burrow through the victim's body with It's like Lemmy Winks insult. from South Park. Who? Lemmy Winks? I don't you know. You never seen? Oh, well, they did the same thing. They put a gerbil at Mr. Uh, what's his name? Hank, no, Hank Mr. Garrison? Mr. Garrison's Mr. Garrison. ass. And they like lit a match so that he had to crawl up his sphincter. <laughs> and like they did a whole song. He's like, move forward, Lemmy Winks, or you will die. Like It's pretty good. What is wrong with if you? If listeners people? have seen South Park, they've seen they know they know what's up. So there's another one on here that's called the Chair of Torture, but it's also called the Judas Chair, where we had the uh, the other Judas one here earlier. Um, it was a terrible, intimidating torture device that was added to dungeons in the Middle Ages, used until the 1800s in Europe. This chair was layered with 500 to 1500 spikes on every surface with tight straps to restrain its victim. Made of iron, it can also contain spaces for heating elements beneath the seat. Yeah, it's like a shiatsu massager chair. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, except with fucking spikes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> it was often used to scare people into giving confessions as they watched others being tortured on the device. Yeah, no offense or anything, Jeff. If you're on that thing and I'm up next, I'm telling them everything they need to know. Oh, come on. I'm sorry, bro. Die, bro. Now, this one this one is uh, not really a, uh, a medieval one. This is actually... Uh, the American Mafia is pretty popular. This hey. one. Can we name what it is here? Oh, the cement on the feet. Cement shoes. Yeah, yeah. Just sleep with the fishes, see? So, of course, I'm sure most people out there know that when they executed someone or if they were just trying to just get rid of them in any way, shape, or form, they would put their feet or, um, in, in bu- buckets and fill it with um, um, cement. Yes. And then just dump your ass right in the uh, water. So we just watched uh, the other night, we watched Dick Tracy. Remember that from back in the day? Dick Tracy. Yes. And they did that to Lips Manless. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, Al Pacino, he put him in the cement box and dropped him in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty good. You got to go. Oh, <clears throat> what about another one like that's popular nowadays? Uh, waterboarding? Mm-hmm. That's another. That's uh, one they actually still use. Yes, like, like actively. Right. Except yeah. what they'll do sometimes. Normally, waterboarding is just for those who don't know. You get put in a chair. You get your head. Normally, you get your hair grabbed if you have any. You get your hair grabbed and pulled back. So your mouth is facing the ceiling. They put a rag over your mouth and nose, and they start pouring water on it, and you feel like you're drowning. It makes it really hard to breathe. Yeah, it's, really hard to breathe. But what they'll do, they, sometimes they use water. But if, if you really like, if your captor is really fucked up. I'll use gasoline. Oh Jesus! On the rag. Can you imagine that? No. Oh, I can't. Oh, oh. Yeah. The next one we got coming up here is crocodile shears. <laughs> Often used to mutilate those who would attempt to assassinate the king, this iron pincer was heated red hot before being used to clamp down on the victim's appendages and tearing them from their bodies. You already know what one they did first. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, the hang lows. The wiener. Yeah, the wiener. <laughs> the wiener, the, the penis, the pen 15. Oh. The pen island. Right. Oh, God. Hey, uh, before we go to break, I've, yeah. I've got a little something here. 
I'd like to play. Yeah. Play us through it. Yeah. Let's, uh, you want to take a break? Yeah. All right, folks, we're going to take a break. And in the meantime, check this out. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking mutt! You, you fucking piece of shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on! Let him go. He bought his fucking button at the fake old tough guy. You fucking fucking button, you fake tough guy. You, you motherfucker! Come on, fuck! Keep that motherfucker here. Keep him here. Keep him here. Come on. Fast, fast. Come on, you fucking feel strong. All right, and we are back. Um, so we've been talking about medieval torture and just some. Now, torture. Just torture in general, but more, you know, specifically the medieval times. Brutal. Brutal. Brutal horrible things. There's one here that I, I want to talk about real real quick, just because the name of it just is pretty awesome. Um, it's called the Republican Marriage. Oh, boy. <laughs> it says, um, besides the guillotine and burning at the stake, this act of torture was employed by Jean-Baptiste Carrier during the French Revolution involved binding naked males and females together and then throwing them into icy waters to drown. When water was unavailable, they would just be run through with swords or bayonets. This was the preferred method used to execute nuns and priests during that time. I can think of worse ways to go out than tied to a naked chick. <laughs> well, I, I don't think you're tied in a in like a coital way. The question is, Riley, would you be excited? Like as you're falling into the ice tied to this <laughs> chick, would you get aroused? I'm pretty sure the ice would diminish that real quick think so yeah or would it be like a first time ever for you so you'd be like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh my god i'm this close <laughs> i can't die now <laughs> oh man oh wait okay there's one more and i know listen guys out there all you listeners thank you so much for listening to the show but <laughs> i love these damn things this uh, one is called the spanish donkey this will be the last one and then we'll get into I, the I actually movies. have one more after this oh you do yeah. okay cool the spanish donkey is one of the torture devices during uh used during the spanish inquisition this is probably one of the most gruesome of them all the victim has put a strap Oh, naked oh, on a donkey-like apparatus, which is actually a vertical wooden board with a sharp V wedge on top of it, kind of like the uh, the pyramid one we were yeah. talking about. After that, the torturer would add varying weights to the victim's feet until finally the wedge sliced through the victim's Giddy body. Giddy up, partner. Woo, can you... Death by Spanish donkey. <laughs> Can you imagine the guy that didn't know what that was? But like, I know. So we're going to give you the Spanish donkey. That's great. I'd be, I'd be the guy walking around with the box like, popcorn, yeah, popcorn, yeah. Spanish donkey, popcorn, Who wants yeah? to ride the Spanish donkey? Yeah, peanuts and crackers. All right, Riley's got one more. Yeah, so the last form of torture I want to talk about is drinking bad vodka. Yeah, know? that's a horrible thing. Yeah, that sounds worse than anything we've talked about so far. Yeah, I don't like bad vodka. Yeah, if you're stuck with bad vodka, man, that's I'd rather be Spanish donkeyed, I think, at that point. Well, you know what? Luckily for all of us, there's voodoo vodka. This episode of the Midnight Train Podcast is sponsored by Voodoo Vodka, 20 times distilled, made from pure cane sugar, and handcrafted right here in Ohio. Vodka can be smooth, and voodoo proves it. Drink it straight, chilled, or in your favorite mixed drink. Ask for it wherever you buy your favorite liquors, or head over to voodoo.com. That's V-O-U-D-O-U-X dot com. And subscribe to their mailing list. It's magic. It is magic. And it sounds like a horrible, horrible, horrible way if you're not drinking that stuff. You did not, though, bring up the most popular that I think everybody can agree with torture form. And that's still today. Um, marriage? Marriage. <laughs> I didn't say that. I did not say that. I, I actually thoroughly enjoy being married. But for some, yes, I can imagine that being torture. Some days it's like being on a Spanish donkey. Other days it's like drinking voodoo. Vodka. How do you? Know? I, I would say it's more like a breaking wheel. 
Oh, really? Yeah, because oh, it geez. starts off, you're like, oh, it's a wheel. It's cool. This is going to be great. And then it's like, crunch, crunch your bones, and you're still alive. <laughs> and it's like, years go by, and you're like, well, this could get better. And then all of a sudden, you're spinning on the wheel. I can go on and on. You, but, you could go on yeah. and on. But yeah. let's not do that. For all those people out there that are happily married, and for those that... <laughs> all three of them. <laughs> and for those of those out there who have been married before, then perhaps you and Jeff should talk. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> Join our Facebook forum where you can complain about all your yeah, marital problems. Yeah. And hopefully your wives or husbands won't find out. Anyway. <laughs> so now we're going to be talking about, as we always do, movies. And these ones are the most disturbing movie torture scenes of all time. We got top ten here. Alright, now these are hopefully movies that some of you guys have seen out there. Um, number ten is True Romance. Yeah, it's Now this great movie. movie's so awesome. Um, I'm pretty sure it, is this Quentin Tarantino movie? Yep. Yeah. Is, is it? it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it his like first one? Who? No. This, this was back in what late '80s? No, I don't. No, it's early '90s. Yeah, I think it's like yeah. Definitely is it really 90s. Tarantino? Yeah, it's a Tarantino movie. Yeah, it's Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see here, True do you, Romance. Do you doubt me? Bop, 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 1993. Yeah. Do you doubt me? Tarantino. So if you guys oh, haven't seen this one, shit. it's freaking amazing. It is a great movie. Um. So it's uh, the the scene they're talking about in this one um, is basically where um, what is his name? I can't think of it. Christopher Walken. Yep. Christopher right Walken here. and um, yeah, but what's the the, the Hopper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Dennis Hopper, that right? That's his name. Yep. yep. Yeah. All right. So a prime example is one of the film's two torture scenes known as the Sicilian scene. Christopher Walken perfectly personifies evil as a mob boss caught amidst a vendetta sort of mood while questioning Clarence's father, which is Dennis Hopper. Although Chris Walken is only on screen for a bare 10 minutes. This is awesome because this is the one we was talking about. Um, uh, the Moors and uh, uh, the Italians and yeah. how they're black. You know, they're black. They're, they're blacks, basically. Like that right. argument we have with Grace. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, this is a torture scene where the torture is scarier and more effective than the actual torture itself. Walken's icy presence seeps through the screen and sends chills down the viewer's spine as he pa- uh, plainly announces himself as the Antichrist and throws an- answer-inducing punches into Hopper's steel mug. That'd be his face. Uh, within his black, soulless eyes, one can see they are not reviewing an actor playing a character. They're reviewing an actual demon unearthed from hell. A merciless demon that presents alone, presences alone, makes this torture sequence a terror for all ages. Scroll down a little bit. Uh-oh. He's scrolling. Tony Scott, director. Not Tarantino. The Tarantino, Tarantino was the it? writer. Well, oh, he yeah. was the writer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's good, what I was good, thinking. Good. Okay. Oh, yeah. He was uh, the screenplay. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's still a Tarantino movie, then. Yeah. yeah. No, he just didn't direct it. Gotcha. I don't know. Are you sure? He was in it. In there. <laughs> it was in there. It was in there. <laughs> Double check that real quick, because I don't want to give false information here. This one's We would com- never do that. Yeah, never. Uh, number nine, only God forgives. Yeah, screenplay. It was a screenplay? Yeah. Okay. Chang's Punishment. So I've never seen this one. So uh, this scene dubbed here as Chang's Punishment boasts an unforgiving angel of vengeance known by the name of Chang, interrogating an Australian thug about the death of a working girl's father. Setting the scene in a magnificently stunning, perfectly paint Thai karaoke club. Oh, uh, that sounds like a great time. <laughs> Rafin manipulates us into gaping in awe at the illustrious flamboyant architecture and sweet light music just before dropping us into a wincing in cringe at the agony and suffering of a helpless suspect. The cocky Aussie convict rests easy in a lavish chair, enjoying the 
reposeful aura of the club when he is suddenly interrupted and questioned by the police. When he refuses to give up the information, the police bring Chang in for backup. Chang, not exactly known for his, specific, for his pacifist ways, specific, um, begins his part in the interrogation by skipping right to the verdict and punishment. His wrath opens by nonchalantly borrowing a set of hairpins from a bystander and stabbing them harshly through the guilty one's arms and in the arms of the chair. The, man's, the man screams, having his uh, prey penned right where he wants him. Chang takes a slow stroll around the place and finds himself an additional two sharp ornaments. He returns and pierces them into the wailing man's legs to hold him further. Still not satisfied, he recoils himself to a nearby fruit bowl and removes from his next tool a small but sharp razor blade. Oh my god. All of this oh, why wow. uh, Toto pulled the line is playing. <laughs> yeah. But the karaoke version. <laughs> yeah. With it, he slices the man's eyes to blindness. After the man is pinned down like a rabid animal and viciously blinded, the horror is over, right? Nope. Chang finds himself an ice pick and slowly deafens the man by stabbing oh. it deep into the sauce of his eardrums. Trails of blood river from the man's ears and eyes as he shrieks out in intolerable yelps of pain. Ooh, man. I haven't seen that one. Holy crap. I think we've all seen this one, though. Yeah, A Clockwork Orange, number eight. Such a great movie. Stanley Kubrick. See This movie on so many different levels, on a psychological level, as far as, like, you know, just what happens to him and whether or not it, it, it plagues um, the people to think that we should or should not be mandatory to convert ourselves from being a criminal. And if, you know, because you don't have a choice in that matter, that's where this movie comes in. If you've never seen A you Clockwork Orange. drunk and or high to watch this movie, <laughs> yes. though. So the scene in A Clockwork Orange, um, basically Alex DeLarge, um, who is the criminal in the thing, he's pretty, he's a 17 year old kid that just does whatever he wants and rapes whoever he wants and just doesn't give a shit. He's on drugs and yada yada. Well, he gets caught for raping and I think murdering somebody. And, um, and then they basically take him in and they pry his eyes open and they make him watch. Um, it's called uh, uh, conversion therapy, I believe. Right. Or is it reversion therapy? Riley, are you paying attention? Conversion therapy. Yeah, I'm reading it. Okay. So basically, the scene becomes particularly hard to watch due to the realistic nature of actor Malcolm McDowell, which is Alex. Um, he gags and screams and pleads to help stop it, stop it, he begs. Perhaps because during the film and filming of the experiment, Kubrick prolonged the take for a long or time longer than he promised, and old lucky Malcolm ended up actually scratching the surface of his cornea. He actually went blind from this. And Stanley Kubrick was known for for doing this kind of stuff like have you ever seen um oh what's the jack nicholson the shining um the chick in that um what is mom the mom in that uh yeah she's weird shelly shelly (laughs) shelly i can't remember her name shelly belly shelly shelly whatever he made her do for a like a 10 second scene he made her redo it like 135 times 127 127 yeah Yeah, like dude it's messed up all right, I got a little clip here. Let's let's play it and let's see if people can guess what, what this next ne- what one number is. Number seven is. Okay. All right, go ahead. Just just for fun. You ever listen to K. Billy's Super Sounds of the Seventies? You know what it is yet? It's my personal favorite. As soon as it kicks in, you'll know. Okay. Stephen Wright. Is that right? Yeah. To number five, oh. K. Billy Super Sounds of the 70s continue. Yeah, buddy. 
So there is a guy in a chair. Yep. Duct taped. Mm-hmm. And there's another guy dancing around him with a sharp razor. And some gasoline. Yeah. And the guy is a cop who found out about a group of guys who robbed a bank. And Do we know what it is? If you don't know what it is, it is Reservoir Dogs. You want to talk about Tarantino awesomeness. This is where he cuts the dude's ear off and then is just playing that amazing song in the background. Mr. White? Mr. Blonde. Mr. Blonde. Blonde. Yeah. Yeah. He tosses the ear away and douses the cop in a gallon of gasoline, intending to send him off into the void in a blaze of inglorious glory. The entire scene plays like a beautifully sadistic ballet recital. It is phenomenal yeah. love all that to that song movie. too and he's dancing around like <laughs> it's pretty good yeah that's freaking awesome all right number six now this movie oh yes i really enjoy this movie a lot but i'm it's also a favorites. fan of these types of movies number six is casino yeah yeah it is uh the vice grip scene and uh if you guys have never seen casino you it's martin scorsese um you know guys he did goodfellas and whatnot um and this is just one of those amazing movies um that it just it's it's timeless it is like it's absolutely timeless you know what i mean so um basically Even if you're not into like the mob and all that stuff and like the gangster movies mob and mafia like it's still a phenomenal story like it's really really good right so you know nikki santoro who's played by joe pesci and of course joe pesci's in all these mobster movies yeah, yeah, joe pesci you know go get your fucking shine box home alone yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is so <laughs> odd um basically he is uh sending uh per for protection or whatever and uh, so possessing a few shorter than dynamite nikki often uses extreme methods in his punishments in one such instance of pure indulgent ire nikki places the head of an irish gangster in the clasp of a tool shed vice grip just after ice picking his balls mind you and begins to squeeze the man gargles on blood as nikki jokes i'm going to bust your head like a fucking watermelon Yes, which, with each turn of the vice's wand, audible struggles and crunches can be heard, and when at last the skull in the grip begins to fold and cave outwards, and an eyeball is just about to pop. Nikki reveals a steak knife and does the guy a fucking favor by well, slicing good. his jacket. You like that? Yeah, that was close. <laughs> you know who does a great one? Tony Gamalo. Oh, right, check this out real quick. Yeah. This is Jim Brewer doing Joe Pesci. He oh, is nice. the best I've ever heard. I resurrect Joe Pesci's career. Put him on GPS. <laughs> Would you, would you not pay $10 a month to have Pesci go, you better pay attention or else we're going to go over to bedroom in Jersey. <laughs> Yeah, he's amazing well, at Joe funny Pesci. as hell. So yeah, he ends up killing a guy, and uh, Martin Scorsese himself inserting the torture in mere hopes that the censors would ask him to chop the scene and keep the rest. So, I mean, it's just it's just a phenomenal scene. It's a phenomenal movie, so make sure you guys, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it yet, <laughs> and I can't do it. I'm not that, I'm not that good Kenny at it. McAllister! <laughs> keep the change, uh, you filthy animal. Isn't it so weird that, that that's the same guy that does those movies? You know what I mean? Like, well, uh, I mean, look at uh, Ice Cube. He started doing <laughs> Are We There Yet? I mean, he oh, goes well, from yeah. doing from Friday, you know, and uh, what was the one with the it was Boys NWA, in the Hood? Yeah, NWA. And then he's, Are We There Yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <know>? Right. <laughs> Number five is Cannibal Holocaust. This is the tur- turtle torture. Now, Cannibal Holocaust is a pretty messed up movie. Um, so of the six animals that receive a cruel maiming, one in particular suffers especially dire fate. When the crew is in need of food, they look no further than a large wild tortoise for sustenance. Instead of humanely giving the turtle a fast, painless death, they viciously sever its limbs and head as well as hollow out its intestines. And 100% of what you see here 
is real. What? Yeah. All of it. And the camera doesn't shy away from it. There is not a spat of compassion shown for the guiltless amphibian, although one actor admitted they cried after filming the scene. This is maybe the only torture sequence on this list that isn't for everyone for sure. Who the fuck would want to watch that? It's it's a fucked up movie. Yeah, it's, it's like widely panned as like one of the most like messed up movies disturbing yeah yeah so don't don't watch that one maybe folks what the fuck happened (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh number four is martyrs skinned alive now i've never seen this one but it is oh it's a french one (laughs) another one's difference they are fucked up oh you like my vanilla we do not care about my toast this is a scene of pure brilliance that plays no more than 15 minutes into Pascal Laguerre's occult revenge masterwork martyrs. If that's where it starts, imagine where it ends. Excruciating torture, self-mutilation, and quite possibly the scariest fictional monster ever to be captured on film are just a few of the gut-sinking scenarios gratuitously flexed during this grim descent into hell. Yet, as with most exploitation films, there is one infamous scene that after, uh, that after being consumed is forever associated with the picture, and for some, even the very word martyr. Have you ever seen someone get skinned alive? Well, you won't exactly see it with Martyrs unless you're watching the subpar American remake, but what you will see is the result of someone being skinned alive. A filleted human carcass hung up like some educational display of muscular anatomy, except this display is alive. Alive and breathing, with not a cell of skin left, but a face, like a serial killer cadaver. Sounds tasty. (laughs) Riley, you should have date night with Emily and watch that. (laughs) Yeah. If I want to throw up. Maybe. Yeah, dude, I do. These movies are... Oh, she would be yeah. like, oh, this is awesome. Riley's like... <laughs> <laughs> these movies are not for me. Hey, can we turn it off? Yeah. I don't like these. Can we watch The Notebook instead? Yeah, you're not into this kind of stuff? <laughs> nope. Torture no. porn and all that. No, no, can't do it. Okay. Like the saw and everything? No. No? Really? No. I love it. Um, yeah. Number three is Audition, Wire, and Needles. One of the many positive gains from indulging in foreign cinema is the opportunity to see things one could never witness in the U.S. Oh, kind of, there's a lot of those. Like, what's that... Um, the Serbian film. Yeah. Uh, listen, folks, if you've never heard of or never seen that, do not watch it. Just take my word for you it. You've seen Bone Tomahawk? I don't know if that's yes, on here. Yes, that was awesome. That was a really good That movie. was pretty gruesome. Yeah, there were some gruesome spots in that. Yeah. I love that one, though. Um, if you've already seen this one, you know Asumi turns out to be a reprobate feminist warrior who slaughters shallow men for pleasure. By the time Ayomi and the audience comes to realize this truth, it is far too late. One quiet night, Asami poisons Ayomi's beloved bourbon with a paralyzing potion that causes him to become entirely incapacitated. As Ayomi squirms in shock and the uh, on the cold carpet floor, Asami calmly suits herself up in butcher gear and prepares a white plastic sheet bed. Once everything is prepared, she rolls Iomi's struggling paralysis um, onto the white mat and injects a needle into his throat with a serum to silence his screams and pleas. Next, she acquires a bundle of long, gaunt needles and one by one begins inserting them in no hurry into her specimen's torso while in a high-pitched, birdish chirp, she repeats the words, Deeper! 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 She continues until Iomi's stomach looks like that of a drunkard's dartboard and then threads a few needles more near his eyes just for safety. All the while, Ayomi cannot move, but can feel every single stinging prick and slow stab. After he's made into a human pincushion, Ayomi's foot is amputated via a sawing piano wire that Asami acquired during her days of ballet. Holy shit! Ayomi. Oh my god. Aw, Ayomi! Now that's number three. Alright, so let's see. Uh, Number two. Hopefully you guys aren't like completely disgusted by this one yet, but I wanted to do something a little bit fucked up, so this Uh, this is a good one. Oh, voodoo. Number (laughs) number two is 120 Days of Sodom, The Ending Wrath. So, now I've never heard of this one here. 
Um, let's see. After the meek, powerless servants have been repeatedly raped, beaten, and treated as dogs for a time that seems without end, the ones who survive the brooding, uh, the brooding terrible, what, are forced to participate in, wow, why is it moving on me right now? Ah, in what is referred yeah, to the ghost in what is referred to the circle of blood victims are gifted a blue ribbon uh, and then shortly after put viciously to death in a variety of unthinkable executions the overseer swamp uh, swap turns sitting highly upon a royal throne spectating eagerly through binoculars and salivating with joyful perverted smirks carved across their mean faces while their slaves are branded scalped hung burn whipped and gouged of their tongues and eyes once the celebration is all said and done, two of the mansion's guards waltz to a fine tune together as if nothing of meaning had ever happened over the last 120 days of Sodom. Hi, Dios mio! So listen, with the holidays approaching quickly and Christmas coming up, you guys are going to have a lot of family at your house. I highly recommend playing one of these movies in the background, you know, as just kind of like white noise. <laughs> yeah. See what kind of reaction you get, you know? All right, now this next one I have seen... This is number one on this list, and it, it's pretty fucked up. This is Itchy the Killer. Well, wait a minute. How is Human Centipede not number one? Uh, or any of the Saw movies aren't on here either? Because well, these are far more disturbing than that shit. Human Centipede? Dude, you've got to watch these. It's you got to remember, though, that it's more... These are foreign films, so they have a little bit more leeway. And the, cin- the cinematography and the the, uh, the music and everything that's put to it, dude, it's, it's so disturbing that truthfully... I don't think anyone in this room, any three of us, could sit here and watch all ten of these movies and be able to make it through all of them. Yeah, that'd be rough. Nope. Huh? Yeah, I can tell you. Yeah, I, can't. I don't. I don't. I'd think have to have an empty stomach. I think. Yeah. So this is Itchy the Killer, and this is another one that's really, really fucked up. Um, so throughout the film, uh, Kalahari. Um, he exercises his unquenchable thirst for turbulence in too many unthinkably grotesque ways. He slices off his own tongue, yanks a fellow's cheek until it peels from his skull, and grinds a man's. Um, punched to a nub with nothing more than his teeth but perhaps the scene that amounts his raving mental psychopathy the best is the scene called tempura in the digi basement quarters of yakuza's club head office kakahuri kakahuru kakahuru kakapuri kakachuchu artificially or artfully cooks shrimp in a bubbling vat of scalding oil meanwhile a possible traitor 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 anyway helplessly uh, is dangled from the ceiling like a pinata upon a harness design of hooks rung deeply into the tattooed skin of his back. So he's hung up as if it is no more than a joke. Kakahuharu, damn it, that name approaches the squealing man and pokes a sharp steel chopstick into his cheek until it pops through before jerking it back out. He takes a second to lever the tool while it is still stuck inside, ravishing the moment, smirking with total bliss. For his next trick, he thrusts the chopstick into the bottom fat of the man's chin, forcing it all the way through his tongue and out the other side. Still smiling proudly, Kakaharu retrieves the pot of boiling grease and dumps it across the man's back and head as if he was washing a cat clean. The exposed f- uh, flesh sears and singes the sound of a boiling e- as of a boiling egg as the suspended man scalds to blisters and vomits dark, thick blood. But what makes this seem most disconcerting to the viewers is the fact that when someone finally catches Kakahuru in the act of mangling his subject and inquires upon his drastic ways, he flatly replies, Oh, just a little torture. <laughs> Yikes. I'm telling you, man, these movies are fucked up. So yeah, folks, those are the uh, the top 10 most disturbing torture scenes in movies. Oh, real quick. I think we should each go through and talk about our most like scarring one or the ones we like when you think of a torture scene the one that pops in your head immediately okay ready go 
All right. Mine is Saw when the lady has her hand in the uh, glass box going for the key and it's got the blades pointing up into her hand and she can't pull her hand out. Oh, yeah. So she's just got her hand stuck in there without the only way out is to cut her hand up by the blades. For some reason, that scene was like terrifying to me. Just like having your hand caught with like nothing but blades pointed up at your wrist. Yeah, I could see that. What about you, Jeff? Uh, I would go with Saw as well, but mine was the Chester Bennington scene where he's glued in the car and the car is slowly moving. Oh, and he's trying to peel his skin off? And he has off. to rip his own skin off to get out of yeah. the car and he pretty much doesn't make it. Oh, uh, yeah, that's pretty much up. Man, I honestly can't think of a torture scene that really messed me up. I guess, I, am I fucked up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. we knew that, right? What's the first one that pops into your head then? The first torture Mortal scene? Combat, Scorpion? No. Yeah. Get over here. The first one that comes to, to mind isn't really a torture scene as much as it like I thought it was badass. Um, you ever seen, um, what's it called, True Romance? Yeah. Okay. We just talked about earlier. The one we are talking about earlier, that same movie, I want to say it's that one, where the girl's getting her ass beat and like the dude's beating the shit James out of Gandolfini. her. James Gandolfini. Yes. Yeah. And he's beating the shit out of her. Uh, Beverly... Uh, Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette, yeah. yeah. He was beating the hell out of her. And then she just reaches over with the top of that freaking um, toilet lid or whatever yeah. and cracks it over the head. The way she looked and the way she sounded when she was just getting beat up like that, that it, it really it kind of fucked me up. That one did kind of fuck me up. So yeah, that was mine. I want to play a game. <laughs> Do you want to play a game? Listen, before we actually head out of here, um, what I really want to do also is let you guys know that we, uh, we're going to do something kind of fun. Um, I really would like to see if our listeners would send us Christmas cards. Oh, that's a great idea. Over the holiday season. We would love to you guys do that. Um, I will be posting up our P.O. box because I got to go get it tomorrow because something happened at the post office. We'll have a P.O. box that you guys can send those out to. And then we're actually, I want you guys to give us some, um, not that we're running out of any ideas here, but I would like to pick some more ideas from you guys. So send us a Christmas card, um, you know, to the midnight train with your idea for an episode. And if we pick it, we will send you out one of our awesome little uh, packages with the poster and sticker and all that stuff in it. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. And just to take it one step further, if you would be so kind as to purchase a single condom and enclose it in that card, that way Riley could stock up for the holiday season. <laughs> Please don't send condoms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would you use them if they were sent? <laughs> Please don't send condoms. I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, also too with those uh, with those uh, those postcards or Christmas cards or whatever, we will hang them up in the in the, in the train station here, so you guys can actually see it on uh, YouTube and whatnot. Yeah. So I think that'd be kind of cool. Just something that uh, actually I have to not take credit for it. Chainsaw gave me that idea. So chainsaw. Chainsaw. Yeah. He was on top of that one. So, all right, passengers. We hope you enjoyed your ride with us on these nasty-ass medieval torture devices and just torture in general. Don't forget to head on over to the Midnight Train podcast and sign up for the Midnight Bonus Train to access our bonus episodes, including but not limited to our drunken movie reviews, bonus rides, songs from Isaiah and the Midnight Riders, music from our band Sky Pilots, which we will be having some new music come out soon and it will only be available there, as well as other awesome tidbits you won't be able to find anywhere else. At our website, you can also listen to all of our regular episodes, buy some super sweet, super sweet merchandise, watch our YouTube summary videos, uh, which are actually full videos now, but the summary ones are up there. Find all of our social media pages and check out the character profiles of the entire train crew. Also, sign up to our group on Facebook. It's awesome and a chance for us to talk to all of you outside of the podcast. Like Chainsaw just said, he posted something about a creepy ass 
doll that he wants us to purchase. He's really adamant about yeah, it. Yeah, we might end up buying that. Uh, there will be a link in the description, so if you guys want to join that, that'd be awesome. And Moody's on there as well. Moody is on there. The yeah, time. yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a good poster. Yeah. Um, if you're a Call of Duty Modern Warfare Modern Warfare Warfare, Modern Warfare player, get in on the phone with us. You can find me. Uh, my personal username on there is Choo Choo M Effer. That's M F R. Uh, Jeff's uh, username is Mothman Motorcycle. Mothman Motorcycle, and Riley's is. Slayer, but I don't know the numbers after it, so. <laughs> All right. Because I'm on PC, it's different. Oh, okay. So, um, also, if you are in there and you decide to join it, uh, use the clan tag TMNTPC. That's the Midnight Train Podcast, TMNTPC. Yeah, show uh, your colors. Yeah, show your colors and, uh, you know, represent the, uh, the the podcast and to be as awesome as you can be. Except it can only fit five letters, so, oh, it's, so just it's TMNTP. TMNTP. Okay, yeah. well, thank you, Riley, for correcting me. My buddy me. said Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's TMNTP is what it is. All right. Glad you looked over the notes before we said that. <laughs> <laughs> we can we, we fix that. Uh, yeah. And listeners keep asking how they can uh, help keep the steam in uh, our engines. Well, the best thing you can do is like, subscribe, and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. And most importantly, share the Midnight Train to everyone. Word of mouth is how we're going to get more passengers on this train and continue to bring you weekly episodes. Uh, we honestly can't thank you all enough for all the love and support that we've received. Uh, you passengers keep this train moving. So thank you guys all very much. Also, we are sending out a signed poster, sticker, and magnet to a random passenger who has left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Today, the user's name is Blue Gixer 600 It's Blue, G- Blue Gixer. that's G-I-X-X-E-R, 600. Please send us an email to themidnighttrainpodcast at gmail.com with your full name and address, and we'll send your goodies out to you. Remember, the more reviews we get, the more we move up in the rankings and the better chance that you get randomly selected to receive everything that Blue Gixer 600 is going to get. So get on it. Lastly, we have Horror Rockers Tomb of Nick Cage from New Orleans in the boxcar with their song Mothman. Is this legit? It's legit. From like, their, this is the real? Yeah. When I saw this in the notes, I'm like, did you make something nope, this is an actual. Man? Nope, this is a true. This is an actual band. Uh, they're friends of Moody from New Orleans. Um, and what they, is the irony? I know like, they're, they're like the perfect band for us, to be wow. honest. We might have them make a new theme song for I us. I can't wait to hear this. Um, and the song's called Mothman from their new album, Cryptids and Creatures. And I'll have uh, links in the description so you guys can check them out. But, uh, you know, stick around, listen to the song. And uh, Jeff, anything else you want to say? Yeah, uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up, guys. Um, no spoiler alerts, but we got a, a really awesome Christmas special. Or I should say, I'm sorry, holiday special coming up. And uh, we're going to be going over some of the things that you guys have recommended in the past uh, show topics soon. So, you know, for those of you that wanted like the Chupacabra or the alien abduction, um, we got those in the works. Yeah. So there's a lot of coming real soon here. I really like doing, um, you know, the user um, suggestions. Yeah, I I love that. I love doing that. So the more you guys can do, you know, the better. Um, Riley, anything you want to say? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and no. So on that note, you little shit. <laughs> from all of us here at the Midnight Train, we want to thank you guys so much for listening and stay tuned for next Tuesday where we'll be back with something awesome and as I always say, choo choo motherfuckers. This has been a Midnight Train podcast. Thank you for listening. Tonight in the box car, we have Tomb of Nick Cage with their song Mothman. <laughs> <laughs>